Welcome to the High Profit Event Show. My name is Rudy Rodriguez, founder of the Virtual Event Sales Team and Wingman Coaching Worldwide. We provide world-class self-support services with integrity. And on this podcast, we interview successful event leaders and service providers that have led or supported profitable events online and off. Each episode will run for about 20 to 30 minutes, so stay tuned. Welcome to today's episode. Today we have a special guest with us, Mr. Kyle Gray. Welcome to the show, sir. Rudy, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Kyle, I'm excited to have you here. And for our audience, um, you know, one thing to know about Kyle, that he's a world-class presentation coach. He's a story strategist and author who helps coaches, startups, and executives use storytelling to better communicate their unique value and improve sales with their audience. And today he's going to share with you how to use stories to increase the sales at your live events. So really excited to have you, Kyle. Welcome to the show. Thank you. This is obviously my favorite topic and um, events are really where I believe most of the magic in the world happens, where you get to connect with people who are committed to improving themselves, who have amazing visions and, and are opened up for like maybe one, maybe three, maybe more days for really good transformation. And so I'm, I'm, this is, this is the best place in the world to be. And you're one of the best to be listening to. I appreciate that Kyle. And also for our audience um, to note that Kyle and I actually met at an event just uh, maybe a month and a half back or so. And, uh, and he also ended up attending another event that was one of our clients partner events. So he has a really unique insight into the business model as well as with his skills. So Kyle, really excited to hear what you have to share with us today. So I'm going to turn it over to you, my friend, and, uh, let you jump right into the uh, the show topic. Definitely. Um, so yeah, we we got to meet at events, and when I'm at events, I I love listening very carefully, and I'm always watching and breaking down the cadence of teaching, of stories, of emotions. How do we get people into open their minds to new possibilities? And what do we need to do to create the, the level of commitment that I think most of us are looking for when we want to create an event and bring people in is we want to invite them into an even greater level of transformation. And a lot of the times I find that there's a, there's a challenge in really picking the right dose of stories and teaching. How much do we teach? What do we teach about? What do we talk about? And sometimes people try to teach and sell their huge backend program on the sales page to get people into their event, which ends up not quite serving right. And then a lot of the times with the people I'm working with, they are so dang brilliant. They're so dang good at their teaching and they just want to dive right in, probably in the same way that they teach their clients that have already paid and invested in them. And they've gotten great results with their clients. So why not just tell the same stuff at your live event? And they've probably been speaking for years. And so they feel that uh, the talk that they've developed, the ideas that they've developed, they feel comfortable on stage in front of people. So why would some? Why would I, I need somebody to help me tell better stories and teach better? And I'm excited to break down the little nuances of how that fits in and how that helps and how it can add up to six or seven figures of increased revenue on your next event. 
Right on, Kyle. Well, I'm excited, man. Now I'm ready to take notes. So the floor is yours, my friend. Cool. One of the things that I think is one of the biggest 80-20s that could have could have had results in the events that we we were just talking about. And one of the biggest the, the just storytelling secrets is called a success projection story. This is a kind of story that we use to talk about the clients that we've had in the past and how we helped them and how we worked with them. And this story is always combined with some kind of teaching. And so one of the first things that we need to know to start telling success projection stories or one of the first places that I ask my clients about is what is the objection or, or what's one of the clients, what's, what's their objection to moving forward? And we need to be really clear on what moving forward is because an objection might be, uh, they, they might be objecting to booking a call for some reason. And that's a different kind of objection than it would be to making a $25,000 investment and really distilling it down to what, what is the goal? What is the, the one inch that we want to move forward when we start speaking and when we start teaching and how do we overcome those objections is, is one of the best ways to start. I think a lot of people, when they want to teach content, they don't really start with an objection. They start with uh, some kind of an exciting idea, some kind of tool. Um, but in the case, I'll, I'll start with, if I was a, or if you were a health coach, and you helped people get rock hard abs. And I was somebody who I want rock hard abs for sure. But if I've seen six or seven fitness coaches of different stripes already, and I've tried every kind of diet, if you are at your event telling me the workout, you know, you just need bicycle kicks or whatever. Um, and you start going into detail of how the bicycle kick works and, and how that's going to activate my splenatuses or whatever. Um, I don't know the names of the muscles. I'm not a health coach. Uh, but uh, yeah, then if you're teaching me these things and it's great stuff and it's good stuff. And if I would listen to you, I would succeed. But the problem is that I have these sets of beliefs already that, well, this stuff doesn't work for me. Maybe it's my genetics or maybe I'm just too much of a lazy scoundrel and I could never... Uh, wake up early enough to do this. And if we don't start addressing those objections before, before we start teaching or as we are teaching, then all of your information is going to go in one ear and out the other. And oftentimes, if they're already starting to not believe that this could work for them, then it creates static. And static is, is something that I think is a really important factor that Again, not a lot of people think about in events or in, in, a, in a talk. Static is um, anything that somebody's doing that's not uh, focusing on the core promise of your event or idea. It's thinking, man, this person's been speaking for an hour and I really have to go pee. I wonder how much longer they're going to be speaking. Should I go now uh, before everybody else gets in the line? Because I don't really want to be waiting in the line. I wonder when lunch is, and now all of a sudden, 15 minutes have passed, 
and nothing that you've said has has worked for me. And and then I start checking my email on my phone. And that's one of the worst contagious things to happen is when you see somebody start pulling out their phone um, and doing these things at your events. And so by calibrating our teaching and really making sure that we are dialed in on those belief systems that get people locked in, and we tell stories in a simple and compelling way that starts to address those, then we can keep people engaged, we can keep people excited throughout the event, and we will be addressing the objections before they really arise. So how do we start to tell a success projection story? There's a really simple kind of Mad Libs format that I'll, I'll break down for you. And then I'll tell a story of somebody that I worked with and, and how this looks and sounds and feels. So <clears throat> it starts something like this. One of my clients in the program that I'm selling after my event came to me with this problem. And they said in quotes, in quotes, Rudy, I have this problem. I have this roadblock. Can you help me with this? And I, I told them, yes, here's how I can help them. And then you, you bring in the teaching, just the right dose of teaching to overcome the objection and open their mind up to possibilities. You don't actually need to teach them how to do something necessarily more than just open their mind up to possibilities in this. And I know that this is sometimes hard to internalize for a lot of people who have really big hearts and want to help people. But a lot of times, if you just give them that information uh, without the context and without the story, then they think they can go and do these things on their own and they really can't. And so by having the opportunity to tell a story about a client and having them have a conversation with us in the story, multiple things are happening. One, it gives the client that we have who looks just like the people in the audience, and that's really important. We always want to make sure that we match the stories we tell to look as much like whoever is in the audience um, <clears throat> as possible. And then they also get to rehearse what it's like to have a conversation with you. Because they say, in the, in the, when I say in quotes, first thing I say is Rudy. And by, by saying my first name and then telling the story, I'm actually training the audience to know how to speak to me and how to come up to me afterwards. So if I would say, Lord Gray, how can you help me with this problem? then I'm training my audience to come approach me and call me Lord Gray, or, you know, you can, you can have whatever title you want, but just make sure you're being intentional with them. I like the first name because I like people to feel very comfortable with me and come up to me and have a conversation like we're friends. So when I tell these stories and when I encourage my clients, I encourage them to use their first name and, and again, put it into quotes so that it activates a different part of the brain. If you just say, a client came to me and they had this problem, then we're just speaking in facts and knowledge, and it just activates one part of the brain. But as soon as you bring in, and this, this can make a difference in all areas of your storytelling, if you can bring in sound, which is quotes, if you can bring in touch, taste, feelings, sights, then more parts of the brain will be activated, and it becomes a more compelling and interesting uh, point of teaching. So here's a good example of this. Uh, one of my clients I worked on, I work with a lot of health and wellness uh, experts. 
And I was working with a client on, who was putting on an online summit for Parkinson's. Parkinson's disease is a neurodegenerative disease. And uh, for any of you who have experienced this before, or experienced somebody in your family with this, there's not a lot of options in the classical traditional medical system for this. A lot of the times they end up seeing a doctor who will go into, you know, the, the doctor will come into the room. They won't even look at them for, you know, the first five minutes, they'll look at the chart. And then in the last 30 seconds, they'll say, well, it looks like you're just getting worse and we have no options. So take these pills and come back when you're just getting worse. But you see, my, my client has a, like a, a five figure service and nobody's going to be willing to attend a free summit and then go and invest five figures in these alternative methodologies if their whole you know, existence of this problem, they've been told that there's no solutions. So we needed to craft an incredible story to address that and, and open their audiences up to more possibilities. So this is what a story like that would sound like. <clears throat> One of my clients came on to my, my Parkinson's solution diagnostic program, and he came in and he said, uh, Greg, I am sick of this. I've been living with this for years, and every time I go into the doctor's office, they tell me that I'm just getting worse and there's no solutions. Is there anything you can do to help me? And I said, Gary, there, there, I think we might be treating the wrong problem. And there are a few ways that I think we should go deeper that probably you haven't gone before to see what's really going on here. I took a few simple lab tests and found out that heavy metal toxicity was at the root of his problems, not Parkinson's. But heavy metal toxicity has a lot of the same characteristics that not a lot of people are looking for in the traditional medical system. And so Gary left my clinic with many more options and finally a sense of hope that he could find treatment and solutions for himself. Now, a story like this led to over a million dollars in additional revenue for uh, Greg was the client and his clinic during the pandemic when nobody was visiting, nobody was spending money, nobody was doing anything. But it's these kind of stories that make the biggest difference. And the best thing about it is they are so incredibly transparent that people are going to be leaning in and taking notes when you're talking about how successful you are with your clients instead of having their arms crossed and being skeptical. They are so effective and so transparent that I told one of these stories within this teaching point and this example. And when I do this on stage or when I do this in front of an audience, I ask people about two thirds of the way through my talk and I've given two or three of these stories by then. And I tell them what these stories are and what to look for. And I ask them, how many of these stories have I told? And nobody can answer me. But you can bet that they're listening and taking notes on this. And that's what the magic is. We want to set them up for sales. We want to overcome their objections before they arise, before they have the chance to really feel through these. Kyle, I would love to share some of my takeaways right now. Um, I got yeah. a whole page of notes here. First and foremost, you said it early on and you reemphasized it, this idea that 
um, we want to overcome their objections in advance using stories. Uh, and they, they, it's counterintuitive because the tendency is for someone who's a teacher uh, or a coach and they have clients who want to just teach right away the, the subject. But, um, but if we're not pre-addressing pre, uh, the objections through storytelling, we'll end up not being able to help that, that person long-term. Um, that was uh, it's great to hear. I appreciate you sharing that. And thanks for the example you gave too on the, uh, the story with the heavy metals piece um, as a solution to Parkinson's. Yeah, and here's another good story because I think one of the biggest things that the questions that come up after I talk about this is like, okay, Kyle, well, what do I teach? And actually calibrating how much and what do you teach is, is, is something that not many people I feel think about in a really strategic way. And I'll give you another example. And this is another success projection story for all you paying attention. So I had a client come to me um, who was launching a book. Uh, her name's Nicole Jardine called Fix Your Period. And we wanted to put on a, a little online event um, at the launch of her book so that she could make more than just uh, money from book sales, but she could fill up a coaching program within that. And so we needed to create a killer keynote speech to convert those people at just the right time. Now I asked her, um, what, what are some of the ways that, what are some of the easiest ways that we can start fixing our periods? And she said, the first thing she said was like, well, we've got to fix our blood sugar. Blood sugar is very important. I know 12 ways to fix somebody's blood sugar and starts to list them off. And, and I, I almost pass out from the information, but I say, Nicole, stop, hold on. Let me pretend to be one of your clients. And I'm not a very convincing woman, but we're going to do it anyway. <clears throat> and so I say, Nicole, I'm hopeless. I'm a hopeless person. 12 ways to reduce my blood sugar. No way. I promise you, I will do one. If, and I will do one with my fullest heart but it has to be the easiest. What, what, should, uh, what are you going to teach me now? And she said, well, you could chew your food more. But that's boring. What an obvious thing. Chew your food more. Who's going to get value out of that? But let's actually think about this. Because if we start to talk about chewing your food more, there's a lot of freedom and a lot of good news and happens to this. When, when people are talking about health and all of these things, a lot of the times they need to like do these radical changes to their diets. They need to do these radical exercising. And a lot of people aren't ready to sign up to do all of those things. But now we're telling them, you don't have to change your whole diet. You don't have to do all of these things to be successful. In fact, if you just chew your food a little bit more and the magic about this and, and the kind of teaching that I really like to do is as you are teaching, your audience can actually picture themselves being successful and they feel successful as you are teaching them, even if they're not doing it. And that's really what we're trying to go for here when we're talking about overcoming objections and opening their minds to possibilities. By thinking about chewing my food more, I am a little more encouraged and all of those objections of, well, I've tried 12 things before and all these things didn't work. And now I'm starting to think, well, maybe this could be easy. Maybe this could be possible for me. And I'm ready to listen more now because of it.
And this is exactly the, the sweet spot that sometimes takes some, some time to really, you need somebody to actually hold friction against you and question how you're, how you're teaching, how you're structuring your teaching and where you want to go and what you want to do with this. And almost nobody who's been speaking for a long time or running events for a long time, uh, has somebody to provide this level of friction and challenge to to how they want to go about things. And I think it's one of the key ingredients that makes the difference between, you know, mediocre conversions and having an event that is undeniably successful. Yeah, those are the two millimeter distinctions, right? The thinking through and strategically planning your stories through the whole event. I know the best speakers like Tony Robbins, an example, Every story he tells has a, has a point, has an agenda, has a, like a, a intent that it's fulfilling. One of the common things I see oftentimes event leaders make is they wait to save their best stories until they make their offer, right? And, and it's great and, and you know it works to an extent, but what if they could pepper the story strategically? What if the offer was being made the entire event, right? What if the offer is being seeded from the very beginning? And so come time to make the offer, the objections that were going to be handled. And in addition to that, you have a sales team that can pick the ball and, you know, take it the rest of the way. So love what you're sharing. I love these success projection stories. Um, yeah. Thank you for this. This is awesome. I love what you said about best stories, because a lot of people have a lot of opinions about what the best stories are. And there's a lot of story envy out there. People always seem, if a lot of people that come to me, they either have too many stories or too few. And the people that think they have too few stories usually think that I need to have some kind of story where I jumped into a burning building and had cancer and then saved a baby and cured my cancer by running through the flames and fought an alligator. That's the only kind of story people want. But that's so not true. And in fact, somebody who has a story like that is at somewhat of a disadvantage that we can, we can also talk about. But the stories that make the difference are the stories that somebody can come up to you after you speak and say, the exact same thing happened to me. And a lot of times these stories are, they feel so mundane that literally the entrepreneurs I work with, they're inundated with them. They're happening all around them all the time. And they lament that they, they don't even notice it. There's, it's, it's like such a tragedy to have like, like being walking around a room full of treasure chests that you don't know are there. And here's, here's an example of one. When you want to, you want to understand the moral and purpose of stories. And when you can start to think kind of like every story has a use. Um, I like to think of storytelling as like a martial art of the mind. There's certain chops and blocks and kicks and punches that have their time and place. And when you can start to understand the purpose and mechanics of stories, you can start to listen in a different way and, and construct and strategize in a different way. And so one of the most important stories that you can tell, uh, this one comes in handy, particularly after you make an offer, after a call to action, it's a hire an expert story. Um, and I'll give you an example of one because a lot of these stories though we can, we can talk about them, they're really better felt than intellectualized and discussed. So here is a, an aligned ending story about how to hire an expert. 
Um, and so I want you to just pretend that we've been at a financial planning seminar and you've been listening to 90 meet for 90 minutes about retirement. And my name's Bob. <clears throat> All right, folks. So I'm going to leave you with this. A few months ago, I went into my kitchen and my wife's in there and she says, Bob, the dishwasher is broken. Will you please fix the dishwasher? Or will you please call a repairman to get the dishwasher fixed? And I said, honey, I'm a financial planner. I'm a smart man. I'm going to fix that dishwasher myself. And with the money I save, I'm going to take us out to dinner. How does that sound? She shakes her head and waves me off. Good enough for me. I open up my laptop and start searching dishwasher repair on YouTube. And I open up the dishwasher and get to work. I see these parts and pieces and everything seems to be fine, except for this one in the back. And I reach back there and I'm trying to get it to move and it just won't and snap. Now it's really broken. I peek over the counter, hoping my wife had left. She's still there. She's seen the whole thing. She's still shaking her head, hands me the phone. The repairman's already dialed. And I call him over. The repairman comes over, opens up the dishwasher, and sees the piece that I broke. He replaces it, closes the dishwasher, and says, Bob, you're good to go. And I say, wait, repairman, the dishwasher was broken before I broke it. Did you fix that too? And he said, Bob, you are just putting too much soap into the dishwasher. We get to this point. Ha ha ha. Funny story. The trap is sprung, people. It's too late. You've already felt the moral of this. There's no going back. Now we bring it around on him. You know, it was on that day that I realized how important it was to hire an expert. I only tried to fix a dishwasher once in my life, and I learned how important it was to bring somebody in who fixes dishwashers every day. And you know the funny thing is? If I just would have called the repairman in the first place, he probably would have just told me I was putting too much soap in the dishwasher and I could have saved enough money to take my wife out to dinner. Now we turn it around on him. You know, all of you out there, you're only going to be planning your retirements once in your life. And how much more important of a decision is this? Well, I help people plan their retirements every day. And if one phone call to a repairman could have saved me enough to take my wife out to dinner, imagine what one phone call with, with me could, could create for you. And so I hope you'll Join me and learn with me in hiring an expert so that we can create the retirement of your dreams together. Thank you. This is such an important piece because a lot of the times when people make an offer, they like make their offer and then they kind of awkwardly are like, okay, well, go sign up back there or, or buy. And it just leaves people with this awkward, I just got sold to kind of feeling. But if we add in a little story like this, and these are some of the hardest to find. It's so mundane that they're literally everywhere that we don't notice them. And it, again, it takes the kind of the friction and the questioning to draw these, these seemingly uh, yeah, useless stories out. But it leaves them with that same emotional effect like what we want to feel when we've seen a good movie and the credits are rolling. And we also, I, I think a lot of people out there that are running these events are incredibly tactically smart. And we have all of the tactics and we can explain those 
and talk to those, but we also need to create an emotional response. And by leading them through that story and then leaving them with the moral, it's very, it's, it's equally disarming and, and, uh, but, but not abrasive, just like the success projection stories we were talking about. This is awesome, Kyle. I took notes here, hire, hire an expert story uh, to be used after a call to action. I love the example you gave of Bob, the financial planner, and how he tries to fix the dishwasher and uh, just ends up wasting time and money. <laughs> um, man, this is great. You gave, I heard at least three great examples of story productions here on today's interview. I'm curious if I caught them all or if there was a <laughs> another one um, that you shared as well. Oh, I mean, there's, there's things that I think, yeah, I think you did get, we did have three. So we had Nicole with the blood sugar. We had Greg with the heavy metals. And then, yeah, this Bob, the financial planner. So you, you've got them all. You're, you're, you're on, on the page. You're on the level. And now you'll never be able to unsee it. All of you will be able to see what's happening. And it'll still feel good. It'll still feel fine if you see it happening. But, but uh, all of a sudden, the curtains pulled back when people are speaking. And you can start to see what they're doing in the same way that I like to look at it. Awesome. Thank you, Kyle, for sharing that with us, man. Um, some great nuggets here. I'm definitely going to review the notes and listen to this again, um, come prep for the next event. I'm curious to hear um, if our audience uh, wants to learn more about you and maybe connect with you and learn more about what you do, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? Anybody who's a listener of this podcast and is hosting events and, and wants to make a really big impact. I'm, I'm in this with people who really want to make an impact and change the world. I love making money and I'm, I'm sure you do too, but there's got to be something more than, than just that. And if you feel that's you and would love to have a conversation with me about how we could add six, six figures or more to your next event, then I'll, I'll leave a link for you in the show notes. Um, to book a short 30-minute call. I'd love to get to know you. And even if there's not uh, a direct fit, I'm certain that I would can provide introductions or contacts. There's, there's great ways we can add value if you're hosting events and making changes and uh, just like you are, Rudy. So I would love to uh, meet or speak with you. And you can go to Calendly slash Kyle dash Gray slash coffee to book one of those coffee chats and we'll, we'll provide that link for you in the show notes of this episode. Awesome, Kyle. Thank you so much for that generous gift for our listeners. And uh, yeah, as we wrap up our show here, any final comments or thoughts to leave our audience with? Yeah. What I, what I want to leave you with is, is that your story really matters and there's a certain level of clarity that comes when you can start to tell your stories and articulate things better. And there's a certain magic to that. Again, I'm, I love increasing your conversions. I love helping you make a bigger impact. But the real magic that happens for a lot of the people I've worked with is when they can articulate their story better, it changes how they show up on the inside. They could show up with the same content. They could speak the same words. But with this extra level of clarity of connection with their vision, of being able to say the words that are, they're saying their thoughts and their passion and their brilliance in a way that lands and creates that same feeling of passion in their audience, something changes in you. 
And so telling better stories is not just an external process. It changes who you are on the inside and it is absolutely worth it. And I promise you that your life is littered with beautiful, valuable stories that your audience is so desperate to hear. Now more than ever in a time where there's so much just artificial information, easy to things. I love AI and I use it all of the time. But if that's what you're leaning on to really communicate, then you're missing out on the entire human experience. And that's all that's going to be left in the next decade. So I hope that you start sharing your stories and making a bigger impact. Thank you for that, Kyle. Yeah, that's, uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, people connect with people and they connect with people's stories. Um, right. And ultimately it's the story. I actually heard this quote from a movie the other day, um, was watching the movie called, uh, the sound of freedom, which I highly recommend. And at the end, um, he came on and had special message and said, the most powerful person in the world is the storyteller. It's one of the most valuable skills, if not the most valuable skills when it comes to leadership and influence and sales. So thank you again for sharing your powerful message with us. Thank you for giving us embodying great examples and just appreciate you having me on the show today. Thank you, Kyle. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the High Profit Event Show. If you are a seminar leader or thought leader or event service provider who has led or supported profitable, successful events to over 100 people and you've been effective at enrollment into your high-end coaching, education, mastermind tech programs, we're looking for guests. Love to have you on the show. You can go to our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com, click on the podcast tab and submit an application to be on our show. Also, if you found the show to be valuable, share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. Take a moment, please leave a review and also subscribe if you haven't already. And lastly, if you have an upcoming uh, event, whether it be virtual or in person, and you'd like to have a conversation about how to fill your coaching, education, mastermind programs fast using events, you're welcome to book a complimentary 15-minute uh, consult with either myself or a member of my team on our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com. Again, this is Rudy Rodriguez, and congratulations on investing the time to listen to this episode. I hope it's been valuable. Have a great day. Thank you.